It's the world's largest motorcycle charity event held in more than 100 countries and thus far raising over $37 million for men's health focused on suicide prevention and prostate cancer research. Today, we continue with part two of an interview with my hero, Mark Hawa, the founder of the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Here's a glance back to part one in episode 15. I started talking about it openly, and I was just overhearing this as I was walking past him. And, and to me, I think that's the real pinch me moment where you sit there and go, wow, like, we're not the guys that are trying to be harder than we may uh, appear. We're not the guys that are that are trying to be something other than what we actually are. We're a bunch of guys that are totally comfortable in our skin. And, and, and I think we're also an event that's making it easier for guys to be more comfortable in their own skin, being more comfortable to talk about their mental health, more comfortable to talk about their struggles, and most importantly, more comfortable to reach out and get that support they need. So stay tuned for part two of my fascinating interview with Mark Hawa, a distinguished gentleman. Recorded in beautiful Loveland, Colorado, welcome to Peace Love Moto, the podcast for motorcyclists seeking that peaceful, easy feeling as we cruise through this life together. Are you ready? Let's go. more comfortable in their own skin, being more comfortable to talk about their mental health, more comfortable to talk about their struggles, and most importantly, more comfortable to reach out and get that support they need. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And, and I, at least for me, too, again, participating for the first time last year, what just struck me was how everyone dressed. And uh, I, I knew how to dress. My wife went along went along as well, and we, we uh, we dress the way we were supposed to, but others, oh my goodness, <laughs> they just <laughs> they just blew it out of the water as far as style and dapper. I just thought it was was fantastic. Do you mind describing how I just in my own notes, I wrote a note here. It's to myself, unlike a masquerade party, people are showing their true selves in in this cool and this whole cool factor thing. Is that your impression of how this goes when you attend these these events? Ah, uh, it's a difficult one, right? They're showing their true selves because my true self is uh, <laughs> is most likely board shorts and a t shirt, <laughs> living <laughs> living in living in Sydney, Australia. And it's quite funny because when I meet a lot of people, they sit down and go, "Oh, we expected you to be in a suit," and I'm like, "Well, no, I am in a suit, but it's it's the right time, the right place, and the right occasion." And obviously, the distinguished gentleman's ride and drive. Uh, are two of those occasions a year that I will put a suit on. Um, I think for me, it, it, it's a different expression. It's an expression of of where people on these motorcycles. And I think what tends to happen and what we see a lot here in in Sydney is um, a lot of people on their in their cars. You know, they see a person that's got a full face helmet, and and they lose that connection of the fact that that's another human being. They can't see a face. They can't see a smile. They can't see. They can't see warmth. Um, they see something for whatever reason uh, that they feel is is more sinister. And I think for me, the perfect part about the distinguished gentleman's ride when I started it was let's try and you know for those that are comfortable wear open face helmets so that they can see that there's a smile underneath that. It's not a frown. It's not someone that's angry. It's not someone that's uh, that's dangerous. Um, but let's couple that with the fact that let's put some suits on because if we're going to sort of get attention um, through through the streets of Sydney and through the streets of the 64 cities uh, in the first year, 
Um, let's show them that we can be your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your friend, uh, your boss, your fellow worker. It, it's not some uh, random sinister, you know, person riding this motorcycle. It could be your neighbor. And, and that was a key part in that first year of just how do we break that narrative? How do we break the stereotype um, and show them that, these people, just because they ride motorcyclists, are no different to you and I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. I, I I was gonna. The next path I'm going down is not only motorcycles, but you shift gears a little bit also, and to include in the other half of the year the distinguished gentleman's drive. Do you? Would you mind sharing where that idea came from and how it might parallel or be different from uh, yeah. the art? Yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, I was always into cars before I was into motorcycles. Uh, motorcycles was this this moment where I woke up and thought, you know what, I really want to get my motorcycle license. And I don't know where it came from. Uh, I must have had an amazing dream. It was just, it was just, I just woke up and wanted a motorcycle. Um, and so I've only been riding since I was 25, but I've always been into cars. And yeah, my first car was when I was 17, 18. And I've always been a, um, I guess, a Japanese car enthusiast, primarily based around Mazda rotaries, um, you know, quirky engine, um, fantastic machine and, and just something slightly different. And, you know, I started the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride, but it didn't take long to sit there and think, okay, well, you know, once we've got this running and, and it's sort of working really well, there's always going to be the opportunity to, to bring people together using classic cars as well. Um, so pretty much organically, it, uh, it, it turned down into that path. And for us, we didn't have that negative stereotype that exists in a lot of countries around the world based around classic cars. No one looks at a guy and a classic car and sits there and goes oh he must be a, a one percenter it's just <laughs> not, it's not a thing. so for me it was okay well you know the ride itself for safety reasons we make sure that we go through uh, the main streets of the city it means it keeps the speed down visually a lot of people get to see it we get to break that stereotype uh city by city on a global on a global scale um, whereas the drive itself, it was, okay, well, let's take this opportunity to, to actually get out of the city. There's no doubt that, um, you know, we create congestion with motorcycles in a calculated way. Um, but if you were to have the same amount of, of, of classic cars, we would have uh, much larger issues that would have to be faced with uh, council, police and, and any other sort of institution locally. So the idea was, well, let's get out of the city and let's just get together and bond and create these friendships and and go for a drive together. And you know, there's something to be said that even going on a drive together is 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 sort of uh, you know personality building and and connects you with with other drivers as well because you know there's always something going wrong with classic cars on the side of the road coming <laughs> together to help fix them and, and get through to that end destination. So the Distinguished Gentleman's Drive has been great. Um, it's It's been a difficult one because we sort of uh, wanted to launch that and then obviously COVID hit, um, but it's growing nicely. It's growing organically. And, and you know, I think even last year we had, uh, I think it was about 150 different drives globally. So it's, it's nothing on the sheer scale of the Distinguished Gentleman's Ride. Um, and it's not there to compete. It's just an alternative for people that have classic cars that want to dress up and raise funds for November. Yeah. Oh, that's that's fantastic. I can't wait to uh, uh, this September find out where it's happening as, as close as it can to be to my house and go go watch that. That, that sounds fantastic. 
I, I do have a 1926 Ford Model T uh, in the garage. I inherited it from my uncle a number of years ago. Uh, disadvantage there is it, it only goes about 20 miles an hour <laughs> and it doesn't go very far <laughs> and breaks down a lot. So. Well, funnily enough, some of the, uh, some of the drives are quite long. Um, you know, we're talking, some of them might go for, I mean, a hundred, hundred mile maybe. Um, oh. but, but some of the drives are, are smaller for the, for those vehicles that are a super classic, or even if you've got a really small capacity vehicle, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a Fiat 500 drive in Italy that's uh, only goes 20, 20 mile or something along those lines because it, they just don't have the same sort of power as, as the bigger cars. But uh, yeah, it's much more, there's a lot more diversity in that. I mean, it's a little bit stricter in the fact that it's just pre 1980s vehicles. Um, but ultimately, I mean, our goal with that one is to, is to not be too much of a burden on the road either. And everything that we do is, is very calculated in a way that it's, you know, we ultimately know that if we grow these events to the scale city by city where they're too large, that we will get shut down. Um, and, you know, there's no benefit in us in that social connectivity and bringing people together and the funds that we raise for November if if we're not allowed to host events at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask you about the videos that you have out on YouTube. Um they are so well produced. So many of them are so well produced. I got to tell you, my absolute favorite, and I don't have the author in front of me at the moment, but what I do is a search for uh, Distinguished Gentleman's Ride Italy, and it comes up, and it starts off with uh, with with a bartender, and the next scene is a gentleman sipping a, uh, sipping a coffee, then a lady rides up on a triumph. And the music changes, and I've watched that fifty times. <laughs> Do you know? You have to know the one I'm talking about. I, I no, should... you're gonna you're gonna have to send me a link on that one. It's um, there's a lot of there's a lot of videos, and it's it's amazing because I mean I think it shows just how deeply this connects with people. I mean these videos aren't videos that we're paying to create. Uh, these are videos that people are doing off their own back and having a lot of fun with it. Um, obviously we get the benefit of being able to use them, which is great for us, but. No, I'll definitely need a link for that one. <laughs> I will send it to you. Not only that is uh, the the second song that it jumps into early in the video. I was so impressed with that. I got out my phone and uh, no, no, I was about to say I went to Soundhound, but no, it was actually listed who the artist was in the video. And then I found them on Spotify and then I put that on my favorites list on Spotify that the song was just so, so well done. But uh, there's, there's so many, it seems like, like you said, that. Uh, people with such a wonderful spirit and uh, really putting the, the the spirit and the motion of the DGR on video along with music is just fantastic, over the top, fantastic. It actually uh, it actually led to an idea that um, that we had a few years ago where you know obviously we were sort of using Sydney to to produce and our friends over here to help us produce the launch videos for all the um, gentlemen's ride campaigns. And then a couple of years ago, we sort of looked at all those videos and gone, you know what, let's just find people that take part in DGR, that have fun with DGR, that raise funds for DGR, and let's just put it on on their city to to come up with a concept and, and create a video. So the last two DGR launch videos have actually been um, managed by by our network in those cities. And I think the goal for us is, you know, Let's do a different city every year. Let's show people how how diverse this is. Let's show people how multicultural this is, and that, irrespective of you know what city you're from, your culture, and all the rest of it, 
everyone is taking part in the distinguished gentleman's ride. It's, you know, it's truly magic when you see some of those sort of smaller countries just having the exact same amount of passion as, as you know, some of the key cities like LA or New York, Sydney, London, etc. Um, and they and they do it so well. And you know, we were we were really excited when we when we received the uh, the launch video from this year um, from our friends in Malta, and they just fantastic job we were all having a little bit of a laugh at certain points of it we we're all excited to ride motorbikes by the end of it um and you know the the goal is next year all right let's let's see what other city what other country can can sort of come up with the launch concept and um let's continue to you know over how long this event may last let's continue to show people a, a different side from different areas around the world yeah yeah oh that that's wonderful um i think you kind of alluded to it um uh, I know I, I would imagine that this has at times been a heavy load to bear. Um, a lot of responsibility, a lot of questions to be ans- answered and a lot of interviews like I'm doing <laughs> right now. But but uh, it sounds like, though, that you've got a wonderful, wonderful staff there with the same heart, a lot of great ideas. And you've got a, a lot of good, positive support behind you, it sounds like. Yeah, it's 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 been a journey, and I mean, we do have fantastic staff, and we we punch um, well above our weight in in the fact that uh, you know obviously we're limited in resources, but the event is so global. But I think a lot of that also comes down to um, the systems that we've got in place, um, the procedures that we've got in place, and and they've gotten better over the years. I mean, what people don't realise when they sort of look at this event is is just how much work goes into it, but also we couldn't copy anyone else. There was no other event on a global scale um, that basically brought this many people together for a cause. Um, and so for us, you know, we couldn't sit there and, you know, look at even Movember, for instance, how they grow moustaches. We couldn't look at that and use that as a as a, as a blueprint to how to launch this. So really it all had to, to come from ourselves. There were a lot of hurdles to jump and, you know, there's not a there's not a day that goes by that we're not sort of jumping some sort of hurdle everywhere um, because you're running a large-scale event across a lot of different jurisdictions um, and the rules are different everywhere that you go around the world. And, you know, even when you look from an insurance perspective, you know, insurance has changed from around the world as well. So it's a huge undertaking, but the right staff are on this and the right people are hosting these events. They're guys and girls that are passionate about what we do. They're passionate about the bikes. They're passionate about supporting people that aren't themselves. Um, so when you sort of bring this beautiful formula together, it, it, it obviously leads to a successful event because, as you said at the start, $37.5 million US dollars uh, in the last 11 years of sort of charity fundraising. This is now our 12th year of the event. And you know, the fundraising is extremely strong for this year. Uh, so obviously we must be doing something right along with all of our support network. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Mark, um, from a guy sitting on the other side of the planet from you right now, um, I just want to tell you thank you uh, just from the bottom of my heart of uh, for having the heart that you have. But not only that, uh, but taking a bold step and, and risking failure <laughs> To step out and do something like this, which has turned out to be just a tremendous success and has literally changed and saved the lives of so many people around the world. Um, it, we're The world's blessed by having a guy like you. So uh, I just want to personally thank you just from one guy 
to you among many, I'm sure, to uh, thank you very much for all, all you've done. And, and I appreciate it. I mean, you can never hear that enough. Um, it is, there is a lot of work uh, and there's still a lot of work to do to support the guys that are taking part in this event and to support the guys that sort of are aware of the event even more than we currently do. Um, but we continue to work on it and, and we've, got the right, we've got the right team. We've got Movember on board and, and we've got guys like you on board. And I think for us, you know, when, when I first started this, I sort of sat there and thought, okay, well, that was awesome. That kicked ass. That was fun. Um, and then, you know, we started to focus more on the charity aspect, but there was this part of me that always sat there and thought, okay, well, how long is an event like this going to last? Is this a fad? Is this a fad? Um, yeah. Do we have a certain time frame on this until people get bored? And and the truth of the matter is I, I always thought that this was going to be, you know, a, probably a 10-year event um, and, you know, being in the 12th year and having numbers that are stronger year on year than every year for the last 12 years, um, really shows me sometimes how little I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you, you took a bold step forward and you didn't have to. And so, so thank you for that. And well, I will, uh, I'll wrap up our recording now, but, uh, again, Mark, I thank you very much for your time. I uh, can't wait to tell, uh, our group in Fort Collins, Colorado, that I had a chance to talk with you. And, um, again, thank you for all you do. I so appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me as well. Really appreciate it, Ron. Well, thank you for listening today to the second and final portion of my interview with my hero, Mark Hawa, the founder of the Distinguished Gentleman's Right. I must admit that I was a little bit nervous, and it may be evident in the recording. I just so admire Mark and his organization for what they've done. My goal is to someday shake Mark's hand and maybe give him a hug and just tell him thank you for the great things that he and his organization have done for men just like me. Again, thank you for listening today and for telling your friends about this podcast. I so appreciate it. So until we visit again, I wish you peace. I wish you love. Love.